What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hardworking Happy Hour. I am Sean. And I am Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. That is what we do every week. And that's what we're going to do this week as well. Sure are. We've got some really good topics this week. It's a little bit of a mixed bag. <laughs> it's a, a bit all over the place. A little bit all over the place, but uh, a couple just little fun topics yep. that have crossed our path over this week. Yes. And oh, what? first of all, oh. I do want to address before we talk about what we're talking about. I do want to address that I made a mistake last week by saying we would have a guest on this week. It's actually next week that we will have a guest on. So my bad. I apologize. Stay tuned until next week, though. We'll have a very exciting guest. You know what we should do? What? We should just keep saying this every week. (laughs) We have the most (laughs) exciting guest in the entire world. You'll never guess who it is. (laughs) That would be a good tactic. It was was next week. Yeah, that's a really good tactic. Just keep people hanging on. And uh, no, we actually do have a guest next week. And it is going to be uh, a really cool, fun episode. But this week, I'm excited about because... It's just a, a couple a couple fun things that came across our desk this week. Yeah. That we're going to talk about. A new little, you know, segment of the business that we have discovered as oh. a fun accident <laughs> that... Uh, a fun little side hustle we happened upon. Yeah. Which, honestly, I'm really excited about. It's yeah. A, it's a great idea. I'm glad that... We'll, we'll get into it well, a little yeah, bit yeah. more. We'll, we'll get into a little mm-hmm. bit more what it is. And uh, and then a couple other things. We're also going to talk about uh, the importance of building community in the trades. Mm-hmm. It's something we've touched on a little bit, but it's uh, I think it's just very important as a business owner and as somebody that's in the trades. It's It's so up and down. There's so many ups and downs in this industry, especially as we go into a little bit more uncertain economic times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to have a sense of community because, you know, you can see something on the news that we're going into a, another recession and then you don't get a, a call for three days in a row and you're like, oh my God, it's here. It's the Great Depression again. Yeah. And then, you know, you can reach out to people and they'll be like, yeah, there's a, leads are maybe down a little bit, but it kind of evens it out. You can be in like an isolation chamber as yourself and then you create your own story of what's going on in the world. So Mm -hmm. being part of a community can kind of like, you get like the average of everyone's experience and it can can put things in perspective for you because it's very easy to like get carried away with your feelings in that moment. Yeah. About anything. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um. And the other topic that we want to... Can we just go, go right into the other topic? The... The cornhole guy. The cornhole guy? Yeah. That's a good way to start <laughs> off the episode, I do believe. Yeah. Okay. All right. I really wanted to talk about this because I heard about it. And so there is a man who is a professional cornhole player, which kudos. Didn't really know that was a thing until I heard about this article. But yeah. um, he is amazing at cornhole and he has no arms and legs. Yeah. And it's incredible. And we, we Googled it and watched a video because I was telling Sean about it this morning. And it's incredible. He like he has, um, I think, to just below his elbow no, on one arm. No, it's above his elbow. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's above the elbow on both arms. Okay. So he's just got, it's maybe like 
10, 12 inches of upper arm. Oh, okay. All right. So it's just a little bit of arm. There's not much. And he, he plays cornhole, which is, if you don't know what cornhole is, which... It's like a beanbag it's toss. Like a, it's a beanbag toss into a board with a hole in it. And he was like just nailing him. He was doing so good. And I was so impressed. And I was like, that's amazing that this kid just never gave up. And the coolest part of it, I think, is that he, uh, I think he, he lost his arms and legs when he was like a baby. Yeah. So he went into this cornhole hobby, I assume, at some point, like... Just being like, you know what? I have no arms and legs, but I'm going to try this anyway. You know, it's not like he was previously a cornhole player, then lost his arms and was like, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. Like he went into it yeah, with no arms and legs being like, you know what? Everyone would say, you can't do that. You have no arms. But he tried it anyway. And I think that that's really cool. It's definitely really cool. Uh, I'm kind of curious. What do you think would be harder going into it? Like living your whole life with no arms and legs and figuring out how to play cornhole or being like a, a professional cornhole player and then losing your arms and legs. I feel like that would be harder almost. Well, I think that if you already know, well, sure. I mean, either way, I guess it's hard, I but like, I'm thinking of, um, what is that? There's a paraplegic, I want to say skier. She was on Dancing with the Stars. I can't remember her name now. Mm -hmm. um, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no clue. Uh, she she was a skier or a snowboarder. I can't remember which one. And she was she was she did it yes before, and then she got like meningitis or something, and she had to have her legs amputated. But then relearned it because she already like she it was part of her life already. So yeah. she was like, I'm well, going to figure it out because I want to go back to that. Yeah. So that's what I think of this guy. Like it's not like he like learned it and he like knew how to play the game and was like, you know what, I'm not going to let this injury stop me. I'm going to go back to it. He was like, I'm going to learn this. Yeah. I'm he was like, I, every I have every reason to not learn how to do this. But yeah. I'm going to. Definitely. And I think that's a really cool message. Like, Absolutely. I think it's if amazing. If you look at that situation from the outside, it's pretty incredible. Like, no one, you know, no one's going to be like, all right, Billy, it's your turn. You want to try this? Oh, <laughs> you have no arms and legs. And then he's just like, yeah, no, I'm going to. I'm going to do yeah, it. I'm going to actually do it. Yeah. I. It's absolutely incredible. Side note about professional. Cornhole. Uh, I did know it was a professional sport because I've seen it on like ESPN 2 or whatever. Yeah. Like you know, when there's no other sports on, they put cornhole on insanely boring to watch. <laughs> they make like every shot. It just like yeah. always goes in the hole. <laughs> it's like they have, have figured it out. There's yeah. no, it's like bowling. Like you watch bowling on TV. It's like, they always get a they strike. They always get a strike. Yeah. It's, they need to make it harder. <laughs> they need to make the bowling alley like 300 feet long. Yeah. This is probably exactly why it's not like a primetime sport. Definitely. But <laughs> good for him anyway. And I think it, it, anytime you see something like that, you know, you'll see something on Facebook or, or on the news, like this mm -hmm. real feel good story about somebody that is like defying all odds of just not taking no for an answer, not yeah. using any excuses to say, Oh, I can't do this because yeah. I don't have any arms and legs. People like we all use those excuses every day in our lives. Yeah. It's, it's something that some people do more than others, but I think everybody can relate to that in one way or another and just say, oh, well, you know, I can't do that because uh, I'm not good at that. Uh, or I can't, uh, I can't be a business owner because I'm not really good with numbers. Or I can't make a company because I'm not a good designer. Or, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things, like there's excuses for everything. Yeah. And the biggest thing that is, 
the the gateway to entry is just getting started. Like just deciding like I'm going to do this and figure it out is yeah. the biggest hurdle of all. Because once you get into it, you realize like you can you can like cope with some of your shortcomings by being good at other things within a business. Like you're never going to be really good at all the aspects it takes to run a business or to be a tradesperson. You're going to have to lean on your select few things that you're really skilled at and hopefully bring people around you or just cater your business to those things that are really in your wheelhouse. But it just goes to show you like, just do it. Stop with the excuses and just do it. Yeah. Even if that like, in this case, it's a pretty valid excuse. No one would be like, oh my gosh, you're not going to try Cornell, you lazy POS. Like they'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. But he, yeah. was, he, he still did it, even with a valid excuse. So if he can do it with a valid excuse, you can certainly do it with your half-assed made-up excuse. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> can you think of a time where there was something maybe you like made excuses for and then decided, you know what, I'm just going to... I'm just going to do this and uh and then turned out good. Um Yeah, I mean What do you got? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Being only a thing a woman in construction, was that what you were going to say? No. Oh, okay. That's never stopped me. <laughs> it's the only thing that's just like filled you with vengeance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um no, with sailing, I that's the only thing I do competitively and I when I was a kid, I sailed and then I moved away for a while and there was a large portion of my life, like seven or so years that I didn't race. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have any opportunity to. Part of it was in Alabama, part of it was in California. I couldn't afford to sail out there. So I just didn't do it. And then when I came back, everyone was like, that's not a really like conceited everyone. Everyone kept asking me to crew for them. Yeah. No, uh, at the Yacht Club, people would be like, you know, get back into it. You're back in here. Like, and I was like, Oh, it's been a while. I haven't like I was looking for every excuse because I was like, what if I don't remember how to do it? Yeah. And then I got back on the boat and I was like, no, I, you know, even if I didn't remember how to do it, I could have figured it out. Like that's, that's not, that's certainly not an excuse just because I couldn't remember how to do it. Like, okay, whatever. Your brain is magically wiped and you can't remember how to do it. Relearn. Yeah. You want to do it, do it and learn how to do it. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. What about you? How you doing with it? Sailing. Mildly smooth, good. Smooth sailing? Decently good. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> it has been smooth sailing ever since. And I, spoiler, I remembered how to do it. Yeah. All of my excuses were dumb and I did remember how to do it. So. And now you're finding so much joy in it. Oh my gosh. It's like your favorite hobby. Yeah. I own, I own my own boats. I, you know. You own a I yacht. I fix them. I, I, I love it. It's like, they're my little passion projects. So. That's awesome. Imagine if I let all those excuses get to me, I wouldn't have like my main <laughs> my main source of joy right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have other sources of joy, but sounds wonderful. That's a pretty good one. Anyway, what yeah. about you? What about me? Something that I made excuses for. Let me try to think. Uh, I think, I do think that naturally I'm pretty good at not making excuses to not get into, th- into things because my natural inclination is like not even think about it to just like, mm, just jump right in, just jump right in and then like be like, what? Wait, where am I? What am I doing? Um, but no, let me think. Uh, I would say one of the biggest things that kind of held me back was 
we talk about a lot on the podcast about all my shortcomings and I'm good at the creativity and I'm good at the vision and the imagination, but I'm not good at all of the other stuff of Mm -hmm. like, you know, just organizing the business stuff, uh, doing the books, doing all this stuff. And I definitely used that excuse to like just encourage my bad habits to continue. Like I told myself that just with things like not planning out projects properly, like I, I thoroughly convinced myself that the creative magic happened in that chaotic <laughs> space of figuring it out on the fly. And that was like purely an excuse yeah. that I just didn't want to do like all of that, <laughs> like really detailed planning. Yeah. Uh, I would always procrastinate that. And then it was like, I was just scrambling at the last minute and yeah, some really cool ideas do come that way. But those ideas now come when I sit there and I sit down and I really look at the design and I figure out like all the details in the design portion of it. And then there's still, there's little things here and there that we can kind of figure out on the fly that still give you that, that little bit of creative flexibility. But I use that for probably at least two years that I convinced myself that I can't plan these projects out better because that's going to limit my (laughs) this creative magic that happens when there's no plan in the middle of a job. And I just use that to like soothe myself and say like, no, it's you, you probably could plan this out better, but don't do that because (laughs) that's going to mess everything up. And so your way of making an excuse was creating your own reality about the situation. Yeah. That's usually how I cope (laughs) with a lot of things. I've just, uh, you know, created my own reality. Yeah. (laughs) about how I want to spend my time and what I want to do. So yeah, that's, that's something that once I broke free of that, it was like, wow, that was holding me back in the biggest way. Yeah. Um, And then a lot of the design stuff came out better when like I had time to sit there, draw it, think about it, go back to it, look at it again. And now, especially the stuff that we're doing now, it would never be possible uh, without thorough planning. Yeah. Because a lot of those really cool details are part of the actual architecture of the the structure. And that needs to be figured out beforehand because an architect has to draw it and, you know, phantom post. You can't yeah. just be like, you know, it'd be cool if we took this post out. <laughs> it has to be designed for that. So right. I think by accepting that and not letting that excuse continue, it pushed me to be a way better designer, a way better business owner and uh i'm glad i did yeah and you know what else we do what do we do to stop excuses if either of us come up with something that even remotely sounds like an excuse we say not with that attitude not with that attitude. and then it's become so toxic within our workplace that it we've just make it makes no sense anymore and whenever you say something about <laughs> yeah. anything we say not with that attitude That has become almost toxic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another thing that I like to say is excuses are like buttholes. Everyone's got them and they all stink. Yep. And what's the other one? Excuses are the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. (laughs) (laughs) That was. uh, Yeah. Tell the story behind that one. Yeah. A teacher that that I had in fourth and seventh grade. She did oh, a little shuffle. Oh. Uh, she had that right on her desk. She did not like me at all because <laughs> I was 
very adept at coming up with great <laughs> excuses and using wild creativity to paint a grand picture of why I could not complete this assignment. Yeah. Uh, so she had that right there on her desk. <laughs> she was a little nutty, but uh, anyway, love yeah. that quote. Great. We excuses say it. Are the skin reason stuffed with a lie. <laughs> yeah. So attitude is everything. Perspective Absolutely. is everything. Adjust your attitude and adjust your altitude. Yep. Higher. I guess. And maybe become a professional cornhole player. Who knows? Yeah. The world is your oyster. Certainly is. Well, that was a fun little topic there. That was fun. I'm glad I got that off my chest. I really wanted to talk about it. Yeah. I was so impressed. Um, I was impressed just why, like, it was fun to, like, you told me about it. I'm like, he's got to throw his mouth. Like, he's got to bite <laughs> yeah. it and, like, chuck it with his head. But no, he's, he, like, kind of pinches it. It's, 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 it's impressive. It's very impressive. And he was... Insanely good. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Definitely amazing. All right. Well, should we talk about our side hustle now? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. All How right. long have we been going? <laughs> just kidding. I know. I know. That was just a joke because you told me not to do that. Don't do it. Bad radio, you say. It makes for bad radio. All right. Well, what about podcasts? Does it make for bad podcasting? Ah, that I'm not sure. Okay. It's a new, it's a new world. Yeah. You know what I would love to hear from everybody? What? How much? What's the what's the ratio of uh, squirrely banter to <laughs> like actual insightful information you want to hear? Is it like a 50-50 <laughs> yeah. sound if pretty good? Uh, we would love to, your feedback on that. Yeah. Because we can definitely. I don't know if we can get more insightful, like hard hitting, <laughs> like info, but we could definitely get way more squirrely. Oh, for sure. If people definitely. wanted like a ninety ten <laughs> situation on the squirreliness. Not a, problem. Not a problem. We could institute that immediately. <laughs> if you wanted 90% hard-hitting facts and insightful uh, knowledge, eh, I don't know mm-hmm. if we could do that. So it might be tough. Anyway, might be tough. Hey, send that. Send send us some feedback. Love to hear. It. <laughs> All right, our new All right, side anyway, hustle. Yeah, our side hustle. You want to debut it? <sighs> no, I to, want you to. I you feel like to I feel like you can paint a really good picture on on this whole scenario. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, months ago. We decided that, you know what? Our, our finished pictures are not good enough. They're not polished enough. We need to start creating a stockpile of accoutrements. Yes. Accoutrements for spaces. And it started with the really big project we did with the pool and the sunroom area yes. and all that. We were like, this space, like, we need finished pictures of this and then we need them to look awesome. But yeah. it needs, it needs a little, it needs a little, je ne sais quoi. It needs a little something. It needs a little and something. And everyone has their own personality and style. And like that particular family kept decorating things seasonally. So we yeah. couldn't get photos because everything was decorated seasonally. Yeah. But we didn't have any other options. And we wanted something kind of neutral. So right. we decided then to, and this was probably back in the spring, early spring. Yeah. Yeah. We decided yes. to go out and spend a bunch of money on a bunch of fake plants. We got uh, wine glasses and little dinner tray serving situations. I don't know what you call them. The the little basket thing. Uh, serving tray would be serving yeah. tray. Yeah, that works. That's the technical term. Okay. Uh, we enough. got a coffee table. We got a whole bunch of stuff. And throughout the course of multiple projects, we kept using that same stuff, and then. If a lot of times a client will get some furniture, but you know, yeah. they won't have everything yet. So mm-hmm. we will buy 
you know, one piece of furniture, two pieces of furniture per project and uh, just stage it with it. So if they're missing like uh, some Adirondack chairs, we'll get some Adirondack chairs. We'll put them out there for them uh, so we can get pictures and we'll have all the plants and little, you know, just little decorative stuff to really finish and fill out the space. And just on this last project, we it's my favorite project we've ever done. We really wanted to furnish it really well and really stage it to the to the top, to the nines. Right. So we went out, we bought four really cool Adirondack chairs. We got dining chairs because yep. they were still waiting on those. We uh, brought bar stools. We bought throw pillows, all kinds of stuff. We spent a bunch of money and yep. we brought all this stuff there. And when we were there, they were like, we kind of love all this stuff. Can, can we buy it off you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great actually. <laughs> Cause it's like so hot out and I don't <laughs> feel like loading this back up. And it, it like, it like sparked a, a, an idea in my mind. Like it's great to have this furniture yeah. to stage projects. And if the client doesn't want to, buy it like fine like we just take it back and we have a shop we'll store it here and then we have stuff and we we kind of just grow a collection of outdoor furniture that Mm -hmm. we can stage projects with but i always thought it had to be like i had the idea of we can present clients with a a furniture design Mm -hmm. and try to sell that to them but a lot of times they're like ah you know we're kind of looking on our own well yeah whatever but if we just bring furniture and we're like yeah, we're just staging it for pictures. But hey, by the way, everything's for sale. Yeah. You can buy it. Do you want us to leave it here? And then they can see it in the space and we've decorated it so nice. Yep. So I think and it feels cohesive. It's like everything goes together. Exactly. So it's like, okay, I need everything that you brought. Yeah. So they're going to buy almost everything that we brought there. So we don't have to bring anything back here. And you might notice if you're watching the video, we usually have two. Uh, what are those things? Elephant ear plants? Banana leaf. Banana leaf plants. They're not here. <laughs> sold them. They're somewhere else. So Everything's uh, for sale. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a really cool way to maybe make a little extra money or just get great pictures. Yeah. Or a little bit of it's both. It's like a best of both worlds situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And for, I feel like on previously people would be like, they would be asking you to help them pick out furniture. Yeah. And I feel like this is a, you know, and, and obviously not, you know, it's hard to be like nickel and diming people when you're like, well, I'm giving you my advice and you know, yeah, you're not asking for like a consultation fee or anything, but like sometimes it, you know, that can get time consuming and then yeah. they order it. And then it's like, Oh yeah, we'll have furniture in, in three weeks, come back in three weeks and get all these finished pictures, even though you want to do it today, Yeah, which is a pain. Huge but this pain. is kind of like a way of, you know, they buy it and you make a little bit of money off of it or they don't and you have it for the next job. It's like kind of yeah. the best of best of both worlds. And now that we have before, we didn't have a space to keep it, but now we do. So, yeah, if we and need to, we got it. Absolutely. And I think it is the one thing that takes your pictures to a oh, whole nother level, mm-hmm. especially uh, those like those shots where a client can look at and feel themselves in that space. Like they can envision being there. Yeah. You know, 
Like you can get some really cool drone shots and sometimes you can get really cool drone shots and you don't need any furniture. Like you still get a really cool shot, but when you have it staged and everything is like cohesive and you have it set up, you know, the way that you designed it and everything like flows Mm -hmm. from a furniture perspective as well as, you know, just the general layout, it completely changes the level of photography and portfolio that you can present a client. Yeah. It takes it completely to the next level. And it's definitely, again, it's one of those things. It's not that much work to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like invest an afternoon and an evening for every project that you do. That's worth taking pictures of. And you can get your furniture set up. You can do a quick little cleaning of the space. And then you can stay there for that golden hour just before sunset. Beautiful picture time. And a lot of people just don't want to take that time to do it. It's so worth it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I feel like this is, I feel like some of the spaces that we build um, are visually interesting enough on their own that it does make for good photography, even without photos it still looks good yeah but the obviously the furniture takes it to the, to the next level yeah. but especially for like people who are just starting building decks where they're just building like pretty simple just plain rectangle decks this is like the best thing that you can do for those because absolutely if you take a picture of a, of a rectangle deck it's just like cool it's lackluster it's like yeah. okay it's a rectangle you know like it's hard to really use that as like a portfolio builder but if you take the time to really stage it and make it look like a like a lived in space. Yeah. That goes so far. Definitely. So far. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to emphasize it. It does though. Yeah, it absolutely does. Cause I think that all the time where I'm like, you know, you'll see somebody post pictures of their work and I'm like, yeah, it looks like it's w- done well. Yeah. But ultimately it's just a rectangle. Like what, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't mean to be a hater. Everyone, you know, there's nothing it's wrong with a rectangle rect- deck. It's, one of the it's beautiful. Nicest rectangles I've it ever looks seen. like it was well done. I'm not no shame there, but like yeah. you can't really envision yourself like just living on that rectangle. You need to like really yeah. sell the vision. I think that's one of the latest things that has shifted in my mentality as a designer is the little details of functionality. And I think I'm I'm definitely the most proud of the use of space and the flow on this most recent project. Yeah. Like it just, it was the first project that I've ever been at taking pictures and just sitting there and being like, I'm like kind of pissed that this isn't at my house. (laughs) Like I, I really love this space and I want this. Yeah. I want this at my house. Like that building couch, like I want to chill there. Yeah. Why don't I get to keep this? (laughs) This is, really kind of pissing me off yeah we were lingering pretty hard yeah for a long time yeah we were taking pictures it was getting late the kids were like making s'mores yeah we were just still sitting there yeah they were like are these people gonna leave at any point like they're just sitting here yeah but it's really those small details and i think it's it's one i consider an evolution of me as a designer Uh uh-huh like going away from like having the the structure and, and the stuff that we do be a little bit more understated, I guess, in a way. I mean, it's yeah. not really understated, but I don't know how to describe this. Like, you know, I think a lot of like you're referencing those rectangles, like people want to show off that like perfect straight line that they did. And like, you know, everything is like square within a 
one zillionth of an inch and like everything's so precise, but it's Mm -hmm. like, that's not like, yeah, that's important. That's great. You want to build it well, but that isn't what people are really buying from you. They they don't want, I mean, they want it to be built well, like I said, but they're like, that stuff doesn't matter as much as like the thought and effort you put into designing it to function properly and just being like an inviting space. So, um, that's what's led me to like before I kind of like didn't even want furniture on it. Cause it's like, I just, I want, I want to see all the deck boards. I don't want right. to cover any of these. I don't want to cover any bit of this inlay. Yeah. I don't want to like distract from what we did. But then I realized like, no, that's like, it needs to be like, this is, it's not finished until it is ready to be lived in and enjoyed. Yeah. And, uh, and that was something I saw at the Frank Lloyd Wright house. Hmm. All of the furniture, almost all the furniture is built in and it's all designed by him. So like the rooms are designed around the furniture, the furniture is designed around the rooms and it's all part of the package. So. Something to think about. Something to think about. (laughs) Well, yeah. Coutremonts. We're a, we're a Coutremont hustlers now. It's a pretty cool title of a (laughs) job. Coutremont hustlers. (laughs) <laughs> all right well you got anything else on that uh don't think so but uh we talked last week about making up your own titles right we did we yes. did okay yeah. why you wanted to revisit that no i just wanted to make sure we touched on that because it's so important making up your own <laughs> titles like like we just created a whole new accoutrement hustlers yeah sounds kind of cool yeah i got um i got that I got a letter in the mail for something. Mm-hmm. Who's who of something. It's probably not real or whatever. But I don't think so. Anyway, no offense, on it, I don't think so. It said, it, it said, like, it said all my information and then it said a position, contractor. And I was like, or it said position title. And it said contractor. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Absolutely not. not that is title. not my title. How dare you? Yeah. Director of global expansion or else. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what sparked that, but uh, well, I think we're I good want, with that. If we're reaching out for people to reach out about, or if we're telling people to reach back out to us about the 50-50 squirreliness or whatever, yeah. Re- give us your best titles. Yeah. Like, what is your title? Tell us. Come up with your own title and tell us. I think that's a fun idea. I, I Tell us, and then we'll shout you out on the next episode. We'll, yeah. Maybe, maybe two from now. Cause yeah, we're having a special guest. <laughs> the next one will be it's a special like the guest. most hyped up thing ever. Now we've made such a big deal about it. We are having a guest. Wow. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get on to our, the main event. Oh, our actual topic. Our actual topic. Well, <laughs> we we kind of, we kind of told people that it's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag a mixed today. Bag. Yeah, yeah. A mixed bag. Um, a bag of, Mixed magic or whatever. Okay. Yeah. A fruit salad of topics. Yes. Um, so anyway, the last topic we are going to talk about is community building. Yes. And I feel like this was topical because I've, excuse me, I keep seeing all these different groups that people start, all these different like leadership groups or whatever. Yeah. And I recently saw somebody, I can't even remember who posted it, but somebody posted something called Together in the Trades. Scheller. Craig Scheller. Yeah. Craig Scheller was going to this thing called Together in the Trades, and I guess it's for spouses. I've very quickly looked at it, so I'm not sure if yeah. I'm even saying this right, but I, it's for 
spouses who work together. It's some sort of like retreat. And I think um, Caleb Allman, I think he also posted about it as well. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I was like, who would have thought? Such a, yeah. such a niche thing. Spouses who work together in the trades. Disclaimer, some- we, are not, <laughs> we are not spouses. Everyone thinks that we are spouses. We are not actually, we are both individually married to other people. We are married, but not to each to other. other. <laughs> yes. Um, but I thought that was so niche. But then I was like, I guess that makes sense. There are a lot of people who have like, you know, usually yeah. people are like entrepreneurs and then their spouses kind of get like wrangled into it. Yeah. Helping with the family business. So I was like, yeah, I bet that's a very complicated dynamic that people work through. What better way than to have like some sort of community around it? That's great. What a cool idea. Definitely. So that's what made me think about it. Maybe if that was around like back in the 80s and 90s, my parents would still be together. Oh, <laughs> Just kidding. Just Jesus kidding. <laughs> oh, it was a little <laughs> dark humor. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, no, it is. I mean, it is like a niche, super niche thing, but it, you can imagine it's probably, well, I can definitely imagine, <laughs> you know, me and Sarah worked together for a little bit and we decided, you know what? This is not. Yeah. This, this is, this is tough. We're not going to enjoy this. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even my try. Dad. Like <laughs> that was, you know, it's very tough working with family, especially, especially a spouse. So it's such a niche thing, but you can yeah. see that. Yeah. Obviously like, Hey, there's some, there's some complicated dynamics involved with this. It'd probably be good to be around another, like a community of people that are also can relate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure they probably split it up at times. So like, you know, all the, <laughs> all the men can yeah. complain about the crazy, women. Men be crazy, right? And women then, be crazy, right? It's, it's probably a lot of that. Yeah. Like, I think oh, that's probably going to pit them against each other. Yeah. Tear them apart from the inside. Yeah, probably. But, uh, yeah, I but, think. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Blah, 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 blah. I think it illustrates the importance of finding your people, finding your tribe. And, uh, you know, no matter what sort of like niche industry slash life situation you're in, there's probably a group of people around it that you can like find community in. Yeah. Another thing we were talking about is when we were talking about other podcast guests that we could have on, you suggested somebody who works alone because you thought that would be interesting to hear their perspective on working alone. Yeah. And that made me think of this too, because I, I always think about like, there will definitely be times one of us will say something and the other one will be like, oh, did you consider X, Y, and Z? And then you're like, I, I didn't, I, that didn't even cross my mind. Yes. So like for people who work alone, they don't ever have that, you know? So I feel like having some sort of community around that would be almost yeah. imperative. Yeah. If I was just left alone with my own thoughts all the time. You'd probably be fine. You'd probably make good <laughs> decisions. Imagine how many sound effects would be in our videos if it was just me. I was making... <laughs> the amount of time, like... And it is has become apparent, like, <laughs> when... Now that I'm not editing the videos, and usually when we do, like, a viewing of the progress, it's me, you, and Steve, and we're all yeah. watching it. Like, the amount of times that I'm like... There should be a sound effect there. And then you're like, you especially, you're like, (laughs) no, there does not. That's like going to be so distracting. There's no need to put a sound effect every four seconds in this video. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I think it would be cool. It's one of those things that I think you got desensitized to. Because I was working here, obviously, where like when I started working here, you were editing the videos. And there was a sharp increase over the time (laughs) that I started before the time I started editing the videos. You were just ramping up those. 
ramping up those speed or sound effects. And then I took over and I was like, All right, you know what? We'll just slowly we'll pull it back a little. Maybe we'll pull it back. I and hate then, it. I, I <laughs> hate it. Know. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I love sound effects. Yeah. So sometimes it's good to have somebody to bounce your ideas off of. Yeah. Wait, how do we, we, we just went on like <laughs> such a weird sidebar just about sound having, having, having sounding someone, boards, yes, having yeah, somebody yeah. to keep you in check. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think there's a couple different ways that you can go about these groups. There's like on Facebook, obviously there's free Facebook groups and support groups and for all types of things for probably anything that you can even imagine. Yeah. But the downfall of those Facebook groups is sometimes people are so mean. Oh, it's yeah. It's like not helpful. Yeah. It's like, hey, I just started <laughs> and like looking for somebody. You're you horrible. suck. Give up. Why were you even born? You're the worst. <laughs> yeah. So you, you do. <laughs> people are horrible on those sometimes. Sometimes people are so nice and helpful. And then other times it's just like. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Ripping people to shreds. Yeah. So you do have to find that balance of do I have thick enough skin for this yeah type of feedback and i think you know a bit of it you have to have the right uh mentality and attitude about it i think if you go into uh you know just a a trade group and like you're you're really posting your work for constructive criticism like if you really put it out there like explain your situation like hey i'm just getting started like Mm -hmm. i just branched out on my own this was the biggest job i'd ever done i know it's not perfect i can improve like looking for constructive criticism and open trying to learn and get better yeah if you pose it like that you're probably going to get some more helpful like you know restrained comments people are going to throttle it back a little bit because you've kind of humbled yourself already if you just post off like 23 and just built my first hundred thousand dollar deck Cha-ching! something like that <laughs> people are like you're the worst yeah you're everything that's wrong with this world i hate you i will find you <laughs> stuff like that like i will if, find if, you i will find you i'm not gonna tell you what i'm gonna do when i find you but <laughs> just know i will find you and then it's up to me after that because <laughs> you don't know me but i will have found you that's very scary. That is very scary. You yeah. know, it's kind of just like an open-ended, vague threat. Yeah. So anyway, watch out um, for that. You yeah. know, part of it does depend on your <laughs> attitude uh, and how you present yourself. Yes. If you present yourself yeah. as a know-it-all, people are going to put your in your place right away. For and sure. also, if you look at yourself as you got it all figured out, there's no room to grow there. Right? For sure. So how did you... Um, so glad you asked. <laughs> I don't know what. Um, the deck building community is pretty... It's a pretty tight-knit group, I would say. Yeah. How did you find your way as a young deck builder? How did you find your way into this community of tight-knit deck builders? Um, that's very interesting, actually. Uh, because I feel like that's not... like a, there's a lot, There's plenty of builders out there that don't know that there's like community yeah. out there or like trade like my husband's a contractor and he's never been to a trade show which to me i'm like what that's like so fun why would you do that yeah but i feel like that's where you would like meet community so how i would say your it did so obviously building decks is like a very niche thing you know it's <laughs> it's not like uh as established of an industry as you know something like electrical like so mm-hmm. 
Facebook groups around deck building, I guess, weren't as a, as established. Like now there's like quite a few of them that are thriving. There's tons of people in people mm-hmm. are like moderators and they really run them well. And it's it. They have a lot of input. There yeah. wasn't really that like I'd say like six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it really started with going to trade shows. Oh, really? you know, like okay. going to. So. I guess it started a little bit on Instagram with like, you know, communicating with some other people, like commenting on their stuff, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is, you know, that's awesome. Like you start commenting back and forth and then, you know, you start DMing. It's like a industry love story, you know, it's like starts off with little love notes and then you're on the phone until you fall asleep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you meet like, you meet people like that and then you finally get to meet them in person at uh, like a trade show. And the mm-hmm. first one I went to was deck expo in 2018. And I knew a couple people f- yeah. just through online channels and stuff like that. But then you kind of meet up with them and then they introduce you to somebody else and you start to get connected with a larger group of people. And it's always better getting to meet these people in real life because, you know, you can just like sit there and chat and like talk shop and commiserate and be like, Oh yeah. You know, just have somebody like share your experience with. Um, and that's how it like opened up meeting all these other new people. And I was like, this is awesome. This is so cool. Like I've never been able to talk decks with anybody else. So kept going to the shows and there's some local ones there's some that are you know yearly like deck expo and Mm -hmm. then ibs and it just kind of snowballs and you meet like so many great people and i have so many people to reach out to with a variety of things whether it's installation business related i've got this huge network of people that maybe i've given a little bit of advice to about my certain little bit of expertise so Mm -hmm you have this like back and forth with a a whole community of people and I can count on them to like, Hey, I got, I got an installation question on how to do porcelain pavers. What did I do? I called Craig Scheller. I wanted his two cents because he's doing some great stuff. I know that he's worked with it a lot. Mm -hmm. I was like, let me, let me, let me just, you know, bend his ear about this a little bit. Yeah. So I think starting with these online groups, you, you just kind of naturally like kind of develop a connection with certain people. Like, you know, they're doing the same kind of thing that maybe are a similar size business, or maybe they are the size business that you want to get to. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like look up to them and, and it's kind of like a mentor mentee type of relationship. But yeah. um, just by putting yourself out there, I think it happens naturally, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. Did you ever go to like any, commercial real estate trade shows um not i yes what what like i went what to would be there they'd be like um, warehouse, you buy warehouses and we we mm. we also buy warehouses uh no it was it, there would be stuff it wasn't the same as like a like a con, like a contractor it was more of like a, a training it was like um yeah, there'd be like like software companies would put them on mm. and you'd like learn about their software or like like that's when I went when we were shopping around which software to switch to. We knew we wanted to switch which software and we would mm. go to like different like events like that. And then I've been to like a, like a couple uh, like women in business conferences. Oh. There's all sorts of stuff for that. So special. Just lady stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just out uh, here being a lady. Yeah. In all sorts of male dominated fields. Um, 
Is that also a male-dominated field? Yes. Commercial real estate? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, it's not... I don't know. I feel like at trade shows, it's mu- or like contractor trade shows, it's much more like friendly and about camaraderie. Yeah. At the stuff that I would go to, it was much more like... Everybody's got an I don't know. Yes, they really like yeah. cutthroat. And everyone's trying to be on their like best professional behavior. Uh, and yeah. like it's very buttoned up and you're very like... I don't know. It's like you're putting on a show. Like you have to be all like, yeah. you got to be somebody. Um, yeah. Contractor events. People are getting like hammered and. <laughs> yeah. <it's fun. laughs> yeah. You're like, I stayed up until 4 a.m. and I'm in the booth at 6.30 getting shit ready. So. Yeah. Um, very different vibe. Totally. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine a different vibe because it's the only vibe I know from a yeah. trade show. You know, it's, it's about. I feel like at the core, like most of the people that are there are like small business owners. It's not like I'm sure at, at the events that you went to in commercial real estate, it's like people that are trying to climb the corporate ladder or people that are, you know, big wigs at these massive investment <clears throat> trusts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Most of the people that are at the trade shows in the trades are like everyday people. Some yeah. of them run fairly big businesses some of them run very small businesses a lot of people are just working on their own a lot of people are bringing people in their family people have just gotten started on their own so it's like people are just there to like hang out meet people see some new products and stuff like that but really it's like i think a a, it's like a become a meeting point for the people that you get to know online through Instagram or through the the Facebook groups uh, of your trade. And it's like, that's where you meet the people. And then and this is just like a yearly get together. It's like yeah. a family reunion. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. You it know, is. and I, I feel like my experience has always been super positive. I can't even like really recall meeting somebody there that like, acted like they couldn't give you the time of day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everyone's just like, yeah, we're just, we're just, oh yeah, I'm a builder, you're a builder. Cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel like ultimately, no matter who you're meeting, like you have something to learn from every single person there. Like if somebody's bigger than you, you can learn how to like get bigger. And if somebody is like just starting out, you they probably have some, how to get smaller. <laughs> no, they probably yeah. have some sort of like innovation you don't know about. Like there's tons Absolutely. of people who have, but who have way bigger businesses than Premier. They come to you and ask you about social media because you're like, younger and you understand that kind of stuff like so you know yeah there's different different angles to everything so everybody has something Absolutely. to like teach somebody else and i think in the trades Absolutely. people there's a million different ways to do everything so like those younger people they they know innovation they're they just started out but they're you know they probably know the newer way to do something rather than you who've been doing the same thing for 10 years so yeah you know there's everybody everybody's got something absolutely i couldn't agree more yeah what are your thoughts on paying to be part of some sort of group yeah that's another angle to this i guess the the what is it called like mentorships or yeah or just or like even like these mastermind groups or groups yeah you say treats treats yes treats <laughs> i said retreat retreats treat again treats and then retreat whoa that's <laughs> awesome it sounds like it's right up my alley yeah i i feel like um there's certainly value in those and there's like, you know, some of them have demonstrated value and, and 
But I'm always afraid of a cult situation. Yeah, I just want to throw this out there because <laughs> it uh, silent retreat. I want to go on one. Okay. Like a one week silent retreat. Oh, you would be so bad at that. I know. That's why I feel like I need to go. You remember like as a kid playing like that game, like we're like, all right, you're going to be quiet for five minutes starting right now. A quiet game. Yeah. You never made it. No, so bad at it. <laughs> All right. Maybe you should go. We'll maybe sign you up should go. Yeah. <laughs> quiet the mind. Anyway, I just want to throw that out there. It came to my mind. Yeah. Uh, you're afraid of cults. <laughs> um, you're like afraid slash excited about it. Like, Oh, I love the idea of a you cult. Like, I love yeah. like researching be in a cult. cult. I kind of, so I want to, first of all, I do want to know, like, like everybody falls for cults. I want to know if I'd fall for a cult. I think with the right hook, yeah. Exactly. That's what I I'm think saying. It, it it has to has to be the right hook and it has to hit you at the right time in your life yeah. where you're like, yeah, where you're, you're maybe a little lost and you're like, yeah. Right. This is what I've been missing. Yeah. This this thing. Whatever it is. It's everything that I need. It answers all of my my questions. Yeah. It gives me all of my needs. It's probably an amazing feeling to just like have this undying trust in like some, some external source. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think that's the appeal to it, it makes me wish I was like more religious. <laughs> like to just have this feeling of like completely I trust in this external thing. Yeah. It's pretty hot take hands. for this. <laughs> you think? It's pretty hot take. You think? Yeah. Talking about religion? Yeah. What should we get into next? Politics? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably comforting to be Cult, you know, similar thing. It's like, yeah. you know, you have undying belief in this cult leader. Probably feels nice for a while to just like, you know, let all that go and just be like, well, I don't know. He'll figure it out. Cult hitter Jimmy, yeah, he told <laughs> us that this is the way and uh, this is what we got to do. So, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. 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 That would probably nice for a little bit. I bet, yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's... You know how many cults that are like recruiting or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I could go for yeah. a nice cult vacation. <laughs> they do kind of take care of you, I think. Some of them. Like, you just move there and... That's kind of like a commune. Mm. Are they different? Well, I think where they kind of like take care of... Like, where everyone's taking care of each other, that's more of like a commune. But usually oh. a commune might kind oh. of evolve into a cult. Okay, and then yeah, it's like yeah. everyone's working to like, you know, maybe just like... Work. Get that one guy Maseratis or whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, okay. something like that. Yeah, so yeah. be careful for that. Yeah, I do see the appeal of that. Um, one thing I think uh, that is a benefit to some sort of paid mentorship or paid group, there's lots of them out there. And I think like having a stake in it, like having something that you are giving up to be a part of this mm -hmm. just gives you more incentive to participate, to yeah. take it more seriously, to have some accountability. Whereas a free Facebook group of, of people, it's like, yeah, the people are probably going to be a little bit more rude and mean. And like, you know, you're going to really just nasty people on there. Yeah. You're probably not going to have as much of that in like a paid mentorship group. That's true. Cause people are really going to be like moderating it a lot heavier. And like, mm -hmm. if there's people like that, that are just nasty, they're going to get kicked out. Yeah. But I think putting something into it for some people, like they need that sense of accountability, which right. 
which is fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of like hiring a personal trainer. Some people are like great at being self-motivated and everything else in their life, but they're like, I'm, I know I'm not going to work out unless I have an appointment with a personal trainer and I know I'm paying this person $50 an hour to yeah. give me a good workout. So like, that's the thing that keeps, keeps me accountable and I have to, I have to do that and that's money well spent. And if you know yourself like that and that is what's going to keep you motivated and keep you accountable... I think that's great. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Think- I think there's huge, there's huge advantages to groups like that where it is like about a group accountability. Yeah. It, it makes me a little suspicious when it's like, like everyone's like, this person is the end all be all to all of my business needs and they are going to help me. Yeah. That's when it gets a little bit like little, iffy to me. Yeah. Cause like one person isn't, they don't know everything. So it's like, that's where I'm like, eh. but if it is truly a group accountability thing where all like it's a group of people working together to like share knowledge i think that that's great yeah and good you know you got to pay for things sometimes so if if that is part of it then yeah don't be afraid to invest in yourself on your business and and just be honest with yourself like are you if it's like you're just paying for the accountability that's fine if you know that about yourself like Mm -hmm. hey i'm gonna pay a hundred dollars a month to be part of this group because you know, somebody's going to check in with me and be like, mm-hmm. hey, did you do where you at with this goal that you set out? That's great. If you need that, that's money well spent if it's yeah. going to push you in the right direction. But I think people can get a little bit disillusioned by, you know, having that as like, this is the thing that's going to like fix everything for right. me. Like I've just been doing the wrong thing. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just like, I didn't have these secrets. Like right. I think when you are looking for a way to like pay away your problems, like yeah. all I need to do is just be part of this group. And then everyone else in there is successful. I'll just be successful. Right. Like it, you have to be in it for the right reasons and know your motivation behind like what you're trying to get out of it. Right. If it's, if you're looking to pay for an easy way out, you're not going to get what you wanted because there's no such thing. Right. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. Yeah. One of those situations. Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know. Just my two cents. Yeah. It's about all it's worth. I'm still looking for that women in construction group that I've talked about founding. <laughs> Isn't there, there's no women in construction groups. There are, but they're all just talking about like fashion and their boyfriends, (laughs) (laughs) bachelor. Exactly. That's all they talk about. No, I feel like actually, I feel like I can't relate to a lot of the women in construction because they have had to do these like, like I guess in, in like Canada and Australia, I think Australia probably has the most I've seen women in construction, Yeah. but they have to go through this like super rigorous, like apprenticeship and Mm -hmm. all this stuff that we don't have to go through. Yeah. So I'm like, you guys got it like way harder than I did. So I just yeah. was like, I can do this now. Right. And I'm you were here. like, sure. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I can't even relate to that, but, but yeah, I know I've, I've, I've talked about starting something here, but I, you know, I haven't gotten around to it. I've gotten around to it. Maybe one day. It's a lot of money in it. <gasps> Instead of joining cult, I start the cult. Is yeah, that of the course? Oh, come on. I hadn't considered that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Perfect. <laughs> How long have we been going? We are at our happy hour. Really? Sean, congratulations. Thank you so much. You've made it an hour. Yay. 
You know what is so much easier than the quiet game where you can't talk? Where you have to talk for an hour. <laughs> I'm really good at that you game. You are really good at that game. Oh, I finally found my calling. You have been talking for this one hour, and you've also been talking for, like, several other hours today. Yeah, and I uh, <laughs> don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, I feel like I did most of the talking today. I barely let you get a word in. <laughs> Just been rambling the whole time. You're yeah, doing a great job. good at talking. Okay. Uh, All right. Anyway. It's been fun. This has been a fun squirrely episode. It's been fun. It's been real. But it hasn't been real fun. Yes, it has. No, I'm just kidding. It's been so much fun. I know. (laughs) That's just something you say. It's been real. And it's been fun. But it hasn't been real fun. See you later. Mm. You know, it's like a funny little... It's like a dig, yeah. Yeah, it's like a funny thing you might say like in high school. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. Good one. Totally. All right. Uh, Now we're we're just rambling. Are we? This would be the definition. You know what? Why don't you look up the definition of rambling for me? Can we get can we get that looked up? No. Uh, yes, we are rambling. So uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. We love you. Again with the love. Big words. Yeah, but, yeah people just if they got to the end of that whole ramble. We love you deserve them, yes. that. Uh, what do we say at the end? Till next time. This has been the hardworking happy hour. See you next week. <laughs>